Loaded sport. Does he sit second, man? No, I don't I think he does. I think Kevin Keegan probably sits second. Oh, God, <laughs> what a scandal. Austin Eckler versus the cards. Go and fuck the lot of you. <laughs> Tom Naylor's going to be the nailed on holding midfielder, so it's just too good. Unbelievable. Hello, and welcome to episode 78 of Loaded Sport. Lads, I'm back after a week off. I am returning, and I'm sure Aggie, out of all of you, will be most happy to hear that so I can get back to hosting duties and take it off him. We will get stuck straight in tonight. We've got a full squad. We are back to our best, and we've got four questions to ask and get into and hopefully argue over, especially when Aggie brings up the most ridiculous stats to back up his answers. So speaking of Aggie, I'll bring you in first, mate. As always, first of all, how are you? And second of all, what's been the highlight of your time between recordings? Uh, I'm all right, thank you, mate. Yeah, it's uh, been a, a long week, but tomorrow will be this, the, my final day of the week. I've got a nice little uh, four-day weekend all set up, ready for Thanksgiving football and the Seahawks against uh, the 49ers, of course. My highlight of the week is along the uh, NFL side of things. And finally, I've got one over on Kempi. It's been fucking ages that I've been waiting <laughs> for this. And my highlight is the fact that when we went head-to-head on the predictions this week, um, a last-minute uh, slip from Valdez Scantling, whatever it is that he did that stopped him from catching that ball from Mahomes, got me the win against uh, Kemp in the prediction. So, yeah, I'll take that as uh, my highlight of the week. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm all right, mate. Thank you. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty good. Um, Kemp's, t- Kemp's so far <laughs> in your fucking head, if that yeah. is your highlight of the week. <laughs> That's it's... literally what I was thinking. The funny thing is, I was just watching Kemp's reaction there, and there was, there was no fuck whatsoever. He did not give a flying fuck whatsoever. He wasn't even paying attention to what you were saying. It was like, uh, but Aggie, yeah. it's just fucking in Ag's head all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you, Ag. I've said to you before, mate, I'm happy for you. I am very, very proud of you, mate. Well done. <laughs> Mr Kemp, how are you, my friend? Little bit, uh, some technical problems that you face this week means that you're recording on a tablet tonight, mate. Oh, oh. So I'm going to guess that that's not going to uh, be the highlight of your week, but how are you? No, no. I'll be honest, Dawson, there's been very few highlights of my week so far, to be fair. Um, but highlights of my week since recording. I'm not Blandy's sure. graduation. The tougher. Yeah, it's going to have to be. Yeah, yeah. Blandy, bless her. My, uh, well, after my, esteemed, oh, my esteemed girlfriend. Uh, I thought that I just chuck it in there before it says something related. else. It's bland related. It's bland. It's going to be bland related. It's the only thing, thing that's... Uh, seeing Nigel Farage's bum is about on the level. <laughs> It's about on a level with Bland's graduation, but yeah, a uh, master's degree in psychology. Extremely, extremely pl- proud. Uh, sat in a sat in Ponce Forge for two hours, two and a half hours for thirty seconds of woo, and then that was it. So yeah, that that pretty much sums up my week out. But yeah, Mr. Dawson, Mr. White, the man with the mic. Yeah, I'm I'm good, thanks. Good, good, good. And, and last, and as always, by no means least, Sam, I feel like I need to mix this up a bit because I feel like I always save you till the end. Maybe that's some subconscious, thing, used to it. subconscious thing going on. But how are you, mate? And uh, as, yeah, what's been the highlight of your time between recordings? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. A little bit of a sore throat, but we uh, we battle on, don't we, as, as we always do. Um, highlight of the week. I think I've got a couple, if I'm going to do a couple, of, drop a couple of honourable yeah, mentions it, in mate. there. I think. Do it. 
I've got to say Packers beat Chargers. I think that were a really enjoyable game for me. I watched it because I got quite a lot of fancy, fancy implications with Keenan Allen on the other side. Um, it was just really, I really enjoyed it because I, I, I've got to the point now where I know we're not going to be seriously competing this season. So I've kind of let it go. And now, now I've done that. It's quite liberating. So, yeah, I just, just thoroughly enjoyed the, the game. Um, obviously, a five-a-side, that's, uh, that's always a highlight of the week. Fitness getting better uh, every every time we play, and then probably what might just peak number one would have to be the Carvery on a Sunday. I sent you a picky of, of the Carvery, and uh, yeah, it were special as always. So yeah, a couple, couple of decent things I've uh, I've had this week. So if it, oh, actually, don't know why I've not mentioned that. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm, I've I'm just realised. Yeah, yeah, and obviously we've started swimming again, me and Katie, and. Um, we uh, we've had a goal of to get it to um, see how many meters we can do. It's a twenty five meter pool, so obviously we're doing our lengths at a time. And finally broke the one kilometer mark uh, on Saturday morning, was it? I think Saturday morning. So yeah, uh, swam swam a kilometer Saturday morning and uh, fireside Wednesday. So yeah, getting a bit fitter uh, as we approach the cold winter months. How's yourself, mate? Yeah, I'm well, mate. I'm well, thank you. Obviously, I had a week off uh, to go to Prague and. Uh... Too many highlights to mention. It was a fantastic trip. And, uh, yeah, I'll probably, I'm not sure what I should or shouldn't say on the record. So we'll just say it was a, a great trip. All just around. remember, this will all, this can always be referred <laughs> back to in many years' time. Yeah, yeah. When you're on talk sport. So just yeah. be careful. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going to leave it there. You lads know. And for now, that's all who needs to know. So uh, let's crack on with episode 78, shall we? And I've spun the wheel, of course, as always. And the person up first to ask their question this week is Mr. Sam White. Oh, so my question this week is, if you could make a documentary about one sports person's life, who would it be and why? Um, I was going to put a couple of caveats in it, but I just thought, no, I'm just going to let it kind of roll as it is. I, I will admit, this week I was really, really struggling for a question and my mind was just blank and I could not for the life of me think of a decent question to ask. So I'm going to give Katie full credit here because this is Katie's question. Oh yeah. Uh, Katie. I've, uh, I will lay up Settee and I'll think, I says to her, I says, I can't think of one. She's, she's reeling off all these questions. I'm like, no, done it, done it, done it, done it. And uh, she mentioned that. And I, I like, she rephrased it a bit weird. And I was like, Oh, I can work with that. So I kind of put it in some good words and, uh, and there we are. So Katie's question. And um, I think Aggie, I think we'll start with you, mate. So uh, a documentary about sports person. Who are you going for? I am going to go David Beckham Netflix treatment. That's the one. I am going to go with Sir Alex Ferguson. Ooh. I think there's been a lot of, of talk about obviously what happened as manager of Manchester United in the past. You say it, Kemp. You say it. What? I mean, I feel like he got a big one last year, didn't he? Massive he Netflix. Massive Netflix documentary last Has year. He? Mate. Yeah, but we're prime. You know, Amazon Prime, weren't it? That yeah. was that was going to be my caveat. My caveat was going to be you can't. It can't be something that's already been done. And then I just thought, right, you get into dicey if water. So see, I weren't aware that that's already been done. So if it is a case of you know he's already had like a huge one done, then come back to me at the end, and I'll I'll come up with some Michael Owen bullshit. But until then, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with with Fergie. I think with everything that happened during his career as manager of Manchester United, the way in which it came up, of course, managing two teams, uh, a club and a national team at the same time, you know, that kind of thing. I think that he deserves one, but I don't know if any of that sort of stuff was mentioned in that documentary. I'm assuming it was. Yeah, it went right back. Yeah. went right back from uh, Aberdeen and all the way through. So, in that case, Class go nice else too and, and everything. I'll, uh, I'll come up with something else. 
Yeah, fair enough. Then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll. It's a fucking hot start to this week. <laughs> it's a hot start. Thanks, Aggie. Uh, I'll jump in next then. So I have got down Francis, and it depends how you want to pronounce his last name Nagano or Ungano. I don't think it really matters. Everyone says uh, everyone says Second it's right. But Naga- I'm only going Francis Nagano. Francis Ungano. Ungano. Yeah. That's fine. That's not a problem. Uh, yeah, um, as as we know, the, the predator, as you say, um, not a sexual one, thankfully. But um, uh, <laughs> I don't know anything about the UFC, and I, I didn't really know anything about this guy up until the Tyson Fury fight. So that's poor from me. But it's just a sport I've never really d- d- dived into. And then, obviously, as he was fighting, all all his backstory come to light to the to the mainstream media, and. Yeah, I just think that sort of person is just absolutely screaming, not just a documentary. I think it it needs a film. I think it started off in uh, Cameroon. And I was looking. Uh, he had a four fourteen month journey. Just his journey alone from Cameroon to uh, to France, I think, would be worthy of of a film. Uh, crossed through about five different countries. Uh, I think when he was ten year old, he, he used to walk six mile to school every day. Um, and it, it got to different places like uh, Mali and, and all these really dodgy run countries like where the police are he- heavy handed and the bribes are quite bad. And he had to swallow his money. So he's constantly shitting his money out all the time and just, just doing whatever he can to survive. He got to Morocco and in in Morocco, we were living in the woods, in the forest and eating out of bins and shit like that. And just you, 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 in the back of your mind, you're always thinking about that Tyson Fury fight where he's essentially made the pinnacle of all sport. And you're just harking back to where, where it come from. Uh, I think he it's, it's, it had to live in like a prison in, in Spain at some point. And then all, the, all this time is going and he wants to be a boxer. And he gets to France, he, he finds a gym. And he, he looks like he's decent with his hands, but the guy says he wants says I want to make I want to make money out of this, and the guy basically says yeah, you, you're going to struggle with boxing. It's like a it's a crowded market, you know. You, you're not going to probably get your break, but you want if you want, you want to go to MMA and have a look at that. Eight years later, after that conversation with his trainer, is the uh, the world heavyweight champion in the in the UFC, which is just an absolutely unbelievable story. So uh, yeah, for me, Francis Ngannou. Um, it would it would make an unbelievable series, and I think an even better film, to be honest. So that would. And be... it sounds crazy, but there's so much more that you've not even mentioned. Yeah, I've, I've skimmed it, mate. I've, I've skimmed. I've got I've got an article no, in front no, of me. I know. I know, I know, you I know you'll be aware of it. Documentary, do you? I know you'll be aware of it. But what I'm saying is, is how crazy is it that yeah. you've re- you've rifled off all that shit, and there's so much more that you've not even mentioned. No. That that could go in there working in a sand mine sand as mine. a kid. Yeah. Like doing literally slave labor as a kid. Fact that he tried to get to France like six times and got picked up by police, border border force and whatever, and dropped back in the middle of the fucking desert uh, to make his way back to civilization. Yeah. Crazy, absolutely <laughs> mental. And I think that that documentary, if it was made, I don't know if it'd be a documentary or or maybe a film. I think would be better because then you'd be able a film to could put it. Could it? I think it. I think it could. I think it could. Well, Daniel, yeah, B, Daniel B. Jordan. <laughs> yeah. But, but like I say, it, it'd have to be, I think it'd have to be some sort of feature film or like say they're Dawson a series because they'd have to capture the cinematography of, you know, all the, the sleeping in the prison and, and living in the jungle and all that shit. I think it'd be very, very difficult to do. I mean, don't do a documentary at the same time, but I think it'd be very difficult to fit all that into one film because like I say, Sam, he's, uh, he's been through the ringer, but now he's on top of the world. Jim Shark sponsor. Francis and Garner, there it by is. the way. There it is. A little, a little, <laughs> little, little name drop there. I didn't even oh, want to mention... I didn't, I didn't even want to mention his UFC career because, as they say, the rest is history. So that's all we already know that. But I just thought that the, his his story, his personal story, to get 
just to where he was and to get into the competition. I just thought that um, it's an unbelievable story. So, yeah, Franz Sangano for me. Um, and Dawson, you want to go next, mate? Yeah, so I, unlike Aggie the Journo, made sure that I was Googling to see what documentaries were available and things like that. And and when you originally asked, obviously you, you just said sports documentary as a whole, and, and in my mind instantly went to Beckham, Netflix documentary, who would I want given that treatment that, you know, kept you mentioned there about getting the cinematography and, and everything else like that. Netflix are going to give you the budget. They, they never shy off on giving it the full-blown treatment. Initially, I went Gaza. But then he's I, had I sort of the odd, he's had the odd documentary sort of mainly over here. But then I thought, oh, does he deserve the big payday? But I thought, no. That I think you know he's he's done the podcasts, he's done he's done the interviews, he's he's had the odd documentary here and there and, and everything else like that. So the the person that I've settled on is not necessarily from a sport that I watch often, but I think his story not as you know, as 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 much of an underdog as Ungarnu as you mentioned there, Sam. But uh, I landed on Tiger Woods, who arguably is one of the greatest sports people of all time. He didn't get a mention when uh, from any of us when we had the conversation a few weeks back, but he was someone that was you know picked by our listeners and viewers in in terms of comments on social media. And I think his story is fantastic. Starting playing off golf at a very very young age, we know how successful he was not just in golf but as a sports person in general in in the argument of being the most successful sports person of all time. So that alone, in terms of that mindset, we talk about Michael Jordan, the, 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 um, the documentary he had on Netflix and getting in that mindset of what makes a truly great and successful sports person. But then you look at everything else, you look at, you know, off the, um, off the fucking, what's the, what's the fucking, come on, off the what, not off the field, not off the pitch. What am I after, Kent? Off the course. Off the course, we'll go with that. So off the course, it, it scandals like uh, the the extramarital marital activities that he got up to, and all the affairs that came out, and you know the the media coverage that that got. That would make such an interesting episode or a couple of episodes to that sort of sort of perceived downfall. Then you look at the injuries, the the multiple back surgeries he had, where it looked like he'd never played golf at a high level again to then come into the 2019 Masters and, and wear that green jacket yet again, which, again, is probably one of the biggest individual sports wins of all time based on how basically fucked his back was to not only come back from it, but win what is arguably the biggest sport in golf, uh, sorry, the biggest tournament in golf and one of the biggest tournaments, most prestigious tournaments in all of sport. I just think the success that he had in general would make a great story. The, the media coverage that he had very much like a Beckham that, you know, we've just recently had. And also that, that comeback from major, major injury as well to win yet again, I think as a whole, as a 10 part series would be absolutely phenomenal to watch. And, and like myself, I'm not the biggest golf watcher. I've watched it in bits and bobs over the year, over the years. I've never played it, but even that story would, I think would captivate just sports fans in general and be very, very successful. So I'll go with Tiger Woods for that one. Like it, like it a lot. Uh, I'm going to give Aggie a little bit more time, and it looks like it's pretty much done now. But uh, Kempy, what uh, mm. what we saying, mate? I'm going to use a prop for this one if you don't quite. Oh, bear with me for a like second. Like it, like it. I'm going to go with the reigning defending. We mentioned there the former UFC heavyweight champion of the world. I'm going with the reigning and defending UFC heavyweight champion of the world, John Bones Jones. Nice. And the reason I'm going with John Bones Jones is that he is. Probably now, without a shadow of a doubt, the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Unbeaten, the only loss on his record is from a disqualification from a 12-6 to elbow, which is 
pretty bullshit in terms of how the rule sets go. Um, the reason they banned the 12 to 6 elbow, which is you can't elbow your opponent like that, um, is that they saw old uh, karate instructional VHSs and saw people breaking bricks and, and cardboard and, and whatever with, with that. So that's why they banned it in MMA. True story. Not even joking. That's how fucking primal MMA was back in back in the 90s. Um, but that's the only defeat on his record. Apart from that, he's beaten everybody there is to be in his division, out of his division. He's beat DC. He's beat Alexander Gustafsson, Cyril Garn more recently, um, Elvis St. Preux, uh, fucking Vito Belfort, when Vito Belfort was fucking running through people, uh, beat Shogun for the title. Like... The guy's resume is completely unmatched. Two-time or two-division um, champion, light heavyweight and then heavyweight, um, and an unbelievable sports person that you could probably do a documentary just on his sporting achievements. However, that's not the reason that I've chosen John Jones. The reason that I've chosen John Jones is that he is fucking chaos. And the amount of times he's been arrested, hit and run incidents, uh, incidents in, involving assaults, incidents involving taking drugs or, or in possession of drugs, um, the amount of times that he's tested for drugs in the UFC, put you know UFC 200, you know um, an, an unbelievable trademark event for UFC, UFC 200, Cormier versus you know John Jones, the rematch, and um, John Jones tested positive for steroids pulled out of the fight by, by USADA. So the amount of controversy that John Jones has been through in his career, and he's still the greatest mixed martial artist of all time, is fucking crazy. And I know obviously he's got a couple, couple of brothers, mainly Chandler Jones in the NFL, who's who's a f- fucking freak himself. Um, and and yeah, that, that just kind of shows you his genetics and his ability to take to a sport like mixed martial arts. But I think the, looking into his past, looking into the controversies that he's had, all the issues that he's had, as well as the MMA career that he's had as well. Um, I think John Jones is, is my choice for the best documentary because it would be fucking chaos. And that's what we like, boys. Absolutely. It's a cracking choice. And uh, Chandler Jones currently not in the NFL, currently out of the league because um, he's got to put his poorly in the head. So I think it probably runs in the family. Uh, <laughs> they've all got a bit of a screw loose to it. Exhibit fair. A, as Theo Vaughn <laughs> would say. At Theo Vaughn. Aggie, right, we've, uh, we've stalled <laughs> enough, mate. Stop fucking about. Let's finish up this. Uh, let's finish up my question. Who are you going for? After that Ferguson one, I found this very difficult. I've looked at plenty of different names. Lewis Hamilton's got one coming out soon. I've looked at the likes of uh, Neil Warnock. I thought that would be quite interesting, Ooh, but he's got one as well. I'd have been a belter. He's got one. He's yeah, fucking got one. Yeah, he's got one, so I thought I'll leave it. Docu- not only has he got one, he's the best documentary ever made. Mm. What oh, are we talking okay. about here? Don't I'd get like that. that. I'd like it's an updated a, one. So I thought that one's uh, absolutely... Give him the I'm, Netflix payday, he deserves it. <laughs> I am going to stick within the Formula One theme that I mentioned with Lewis Hamilton, though, and I'm going to go with Jensen Button. I think it'd be interesting to see um, somebody who was always deemed as an, a non competitive driver for the World Championship to have won the World Championship in 2009 with Braun. I know there is a documentary out on Braun and the way the team was put together, but seeing from his perspective, the way he made it into Formula One back in the late 90s to start his career in Formula One in 2000, his 17-year career, the different teams that he raced for, driving alongside the likes of um, Lewis Hamilton, competing against the likes of Michael Schumacher. I think it'd be nice to see just how times have changed and how he made his way in, how that compares, and then his transition from not only being a Formula One as well but into his um, work at the moment in Sky um, as a, a reporter as well so yeah and of course it's always nice to uh, hear from a world champion how he went on with winning the championship and what was a dominant season so yeah Jensen Button's the one and uh, the title for it would be the comeback king I don't want to be king. that guy 
but um, there's just on Disney Plus been that Braun documentary release. I've just mentioned be... Braun, yeah. That's why I'm Braun. looking at the driver's perspective yeah. from uh, not just with Braun, but his time before then when he started in Williams yeah. and ended in McLaren I, I, as well. I, you know, Aggie, you don't give a fuck about current. He wants his when he's 15 and he's trying to get into the sport. <laughs> Fucking go karting. Go karting. <laughs> he's throwing it, throwing it back. Here. I, just, I just think that from a driver's perspective, not just from the constructors and, and away from Braun as well. Yeah. Um, just so you know, mate, there's a full episode dedicated to that as part of that Braun documentary. <laughs> He's not letting it go. He's not yeah. letting it go. See, Aggie I... wants Jensen Button going around fucking go-karts in Skegness. That's what Aggie wants. See, I roll over Aggie. I've not watched it yet, so I don't know. But uh, Sam, that's four different sports documentaries for you there. We've got, uh, I can't even remember. So we've got two, well, predominantly mixed martial artists, a golfer and a, and a Formula One driver. What do you think? Yeah, very happy with the uh, the response. It did take me a while to. I had him. I had him penciled, and I think I even had a question mark over his name for a long time. And uh, I could not think of, of a better story to be. If I wanted someone, I think that I, I knew personally a bit more. Not not on a personal level, but you know, someone yeah. that I can go back to. A, you know, a memory, and and, and I couldn't come with that. Sort yeah, of I, I wouldn't need to research it. I just know his story, and I couldn't really think of one. So I thought, and and I think he's. Uh, so I've had to do a little. Dive. To learn a little bit more, if you want to learn a little bit more, if you've not already done so, watch the first uh, interview he did with Joe Rogan, the first one. Oh, okay. Not the second one before the Fury fight. The first one that he did back in the day and that's where he talks about his entire story from Cameroon all the way to the UFC I've, I've, I've been reading the footnotes of that interview to be fair mm. I, so I, I have I have read a lot of, but yeah I would definitely uh, something I would watch to be, fair, so, yeah. to be fair I, I'm obviously happy with my choice John Jones because I know the backstory of John Jones and what he's been through but I think yours is even better than mine I think if you could say to me one sports documentary you want to see it'd be Francis Ngannou either that yeah. or a biopic I think a biopic would be amazing yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think I'll take the winner there, boys. I don't know about you, <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely no fucking Jensen Button. Let's leave it there. Moving on, moving on, fuck's sake. Yeah, let's do that. And the lads, I am up next, so we'll get stuck straight into it. So basically, my question is this: you can go back in history in the last year in, in before you were born whenever you want and you can attend either one football match one NFL game one UFC or boxing card one Formula One race one event in any sport across history that you want you're in the crowd prime seat and you are witnessing it first hand so that is your question what would that game fight card match whatever you want to call it be Aggie you can't say Michael Owens debut for England under 15s alright with cocky hand yeah, so maybe I'll leave you first. <laughs> uh, there goes the talk sport deal. Anyway, uh, Sam, I'll come to you first this one, mate. Oh, fucking hell, that surprised me. I thought you were into Aggie there when you said Aggie's name. Uh, yeah, I thought, I've, uh, I thought I'd thought go a bit swerve on this one, I think, because I know that uh, what I'm, what I'm a, the event I'm about to say is going to be, I think, mentioned again at some point again in the show. So um, I'm going to keep this one quite brief. And I'm just going to say, I nominate, I, I will cede my place, my seat to this event. And I would like Aggie to go to the Euro 2020 final at Wembley. And I would like him to police the, the fans and the situation <laughs> because we have a, we had a very bad name. We, we had people shoving flares up arses. We had fucking glass all over the street. And I just think if Aggie's there, shake your finger, getting his compliance head on, I think, uh, I think, I think we'd look a lot better in front of all, all of the world. So it's, it's keeping it short and sweet. And I'm sending Aggie back to Euro 2020 at Wembley, just trying to try and fucking get a grip on place. And, uh, 
yeah, get your, get your compliance on, mate. You tell them. That's fair. You've got the opportunity to go back and watch anything in history you said that Aggie instead. If that's not a fucking loophole to the question, I don't know what is, but we'll take it. We'll take it. And hopefully if the fans behave, the, the result might have gone quicker. So, uh, sorry, I'm going to say. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Aggie, I'll come to you, mate. Um, I'm assuming you're sending Sam somewhere in, in the team, but uh, what have you got? Uh, mine will be, as you guys know, um, Kemp and Sam were in particular from last week, I have started watching more combat sports including boxing and uh, the MMA. And I've been doing my research, looking at different fights that have taken place. And I thought of all of the fights, I'm going to go with uh, Vladimir Klitschko against Lennox Lewis. It took place in the Bellagio. I've always wanted to go to Vegas anyway, to the Bellagio Fountain, so I can go and see that at the same time. The lights went out near the beginning and it was absolute chaos for everybody. Um, and people managed to walk out with thousands upon thousands in the pockets because the power outage caused tech issues with the slots. So I could also make myself rich at the same time. So that's my event. Interesting. So um, I'm really glad you lads have took this question seriously this week because Sam's sending Aggie and Ags is going for, for to steal some money. So <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening here. But um, anyway, I'll go next. Um, originally, for, for quite a lot of the time, I've got a list of questions ready for future episodes. And pretty much the whole time when I thought of this question, I had uh, the Super Bowl where the Patriots came back from 28-3 down uh, to beat the Atlanta Falcons. A, a Super Bowl that I watched with you, Sam. It was one of the first Super Bowls. I think it may be the second or third ever Super Bowl we watched together uh, with Tina and Liam um, at Tina's old house. Um, obviously, we, we remember it was absolutely adamant that we locked the dog in the cage before we left, but don't worry about the front door, all that kind of stuff. Some great memories. But uh, I thought... As great as a comeback as that was, it wasn't punchy. It was drawn out. A lot of that time, I'm going to be really downbeat and feeling like what a waste of time. And there's obviously those little moments where the, the comeback starts. I no, I, I live for the pop, lads. You know this. I live for the reaction. And, and I wanted something a little bit more, a bit more punchy and a bit more instant. So I've landed on Super Bowl 49, the New England Patriots against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, something that we've quoted before. Sam, we were on an Xbox party back in the day. I was sat with Tommy two days old. Um, and, and what a Super Bowl that was. The, the Legion of Boom, that all-time Seattle Seahawks defence in the fourth quarter, 10-point lead over the New England Patriots. And Tom Brady put the Patriots on his back and, and dragged them through for the win. And their sort of the highlight moment, a clip that's still shown all these years later, nearly nine years later, is that Malcolm Butler, the rookie, the interception on the goal line. And I just think that as a moment, just that, that feeling of, being sick, like this is happening. The Seahawks have gone down the field. Marshall Lynch getting tackled right at the goal line by Dante Hightower. And, and this is it now. Lynch just runs it in. They take the lead and there's not really much time for Patriots to make the comeback. They obviously then make that decision to throw the ball. And Malcolm Butler has shown a, a play that they've practised all week in training, uh, nipped ahead of the Seattle Seahawks wide receiver and took the ball. And uh, yeah, what a moment, what a reaction from the sidelines, from the crowd. And, and I think what a moment to have to to witness. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with Patriots versus Seahawks in Super Bowl 49 for the event that I'd put myself at. Um, Kemp, we've got one NFL. We've got one... Um, we've got one... Uh, I can't remember one boxing event, and then uh, we've got Aggie policing a uh, a major international footballing final. Aggie so, not even uh, going to the match, just stood outside with his yeah. vest on, yeah. marshalling everyone. Yeah, Aggie, that, yeah, yeah, viral clip of that steward where he's just like very lightly touching the sideline a little bit yeah. and moving on. Aggie is the fucking opposite end of that. 
it's full policing, but can be naked, well, everyone naked every time <laughs> going through. Yeah. Searching arseholes for flares. Uh, anyway, um, Kemp, where are you sticking yourself, mate, in the mm. history of sport? Um, well, I'm, I'm going down your route, Dawson. I'm, I'm not going just so I can send Aggie somewhere, and I'm not going just so I can maybe send a few Bob. Um, I'm going back to uh, the Thriller in Manila, widely considered one of the greatest boxing matches of all time. Um, and I've got a bit, a few few stats for you here, boys, as well, because I know you do love a stat. Um, so the fight, as, as we know, was finished in the 14th round. It was a, a trilogy between Muhammad Ali and uh, and smoking Joe Frazier for the heavyweight championship of the world when that used to mean something back in the day. Um, the fight in total, and this is in 1975, so just put, you know, television and, and, and you know, uh, broadcasting isn't the same today as it was back then. It's estimated that the fight was watched by one billion viewers Ooh. back in 1975 that'll have been like one fifth of the planet or a quarter of the planet watch muhammad ali versus joe frazier like i say the uh, the trilogy fight in the philippines the thriller in manila at the rnt rnt coliseum um and and yeah it, it's it's one of the most legendary one of the most brutal fights um in the history of the sport muhammad ali like i say winning the 14th round as joe frazier couldn't get off his stool um but i think that was kind of the peak of muhammad ali it, 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 sort of the peak of his powers smoking joe frazier was an unbelievable uh, killer of a heavyweight as well um and and will go down in history as one of the greats but i think that was kind of where the heavyweight division sort of peaked and then since then, it's sort of been on a slow decline all the way up to the WBC heavyweight champion of the world fighting against somebody who's never had a boxing match. So you can see how far we've fallen in that 40 years. Um, but yeah, like I say, I think that's where I'd go. It's such a historical moment in a sport that I, I do like a lot when it's in the ring. Um, so I'd take myself back to 1975, down to the Philippines and back to the thriller in Manila. Back when boxing was a proper sport, yeah. But well, yeah. I mean, it's always been fucking corrupt. Let's be honest. It was built. It was built by criminals, so it's always going yeah. to have been corrupt. But I think back then it was a little bit more. You know, as as John Fury would say, Sam. What would John Fury say they were back then? The boxers. What, what were they? What were they? What were they back then? They're fighting man. They were fighting <laughs> men. That's what they were. They were fighting men. So yeah, that's 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 the the allure of nineteen seventies boxing and the trilogy there for me. To be fair, when uh, when Sam some sort of subject or question was what do you want to rant, rant about, you were ranting about the state of boxing. Maybe the fact that we've come away from criminals having control of it is where the issue lies. Maybe because they were they were fighting then it was proper, wasn't it? Now it's just fucking. Make no mistake, mate. The, the criminals, still criminals in charge. Yeah, but not, criminals not still running. They just call they just yeah. call Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn. They just change yeah. the names. Not not criminals in the street though. That's what I mean. Maybe we need to give it yeah. back to the real criminals of the world, the proper ones. But uh, maybe. Oh, we could just get. Oh, we could just get hanged to every boxing event we're in our business on and sort of all that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Next up, Kemp. We uh, I mm. left you to answer that last, and it's uh, it's your question next. Yes, it is my question next. And I, I must admit, I was uh, struggling a little bit for a question myself this week. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I, I did think about a few different things, but I then decided on, on one particular thing. And that thing is, if you could go to one cup final in history, which one, well, what's your favourite cup final ever, basically? So let's not go back to history. Yeah. Let's just talk about <laughs> let's, let's just again. talk about what your favourite what your favourite cup final is. Let's let's ignore sending Aggie back. 
Let's see yeah. you're sending Aggie back with Harvey's vest on. I've got carried away with Aggie and his Harvey's vest. <laughs> uh, what is your favourite uh, cup final you've ever seen? And Dawson, I'll start with you. Okay, so it's a it's a cup final that has been mentioned already, and Sam alluded to the fact that he didn't want to get too deep into it. But despite the heartbreak at the end, my favourite cup final has to be England versus Italy in Euro. 2020, but obviously actually took place in 2021. I very, very much like the the answer to my own question. For a long time, I was going to go with uh, United versus Chelsea in a Champions League final back in 2008, but I just... I had to go with this in the end. I know England lost, but the occasion, obviously us lads watching at the start, which were our new home for, for international football after pretty much, you know, all our adult lives being uh, being at the welfare, um, watching that Denmark game stood out in the rain and, you know, that extra time winning, it just felt like this was it. The, it was COVID, starting the tournament with minimal crowds and, and throughout the tournament in each stage, that percentage of capacity increasing up until I think about, what, 80% for, for the final um, and just a red-hot crowd. And it just felt like the moment we turned up at the start. It was another rainy day, but we just felt it inside. Luke Shaw scoring early, early doors, even earlier than Kieran Trippier had for Cro- against Croatia in, in the World Cup semi-final a couple of years earlier. Um, and yeah, for the most part, it looked like it was happening. Italy equalised. We can talk about the tactics. We can talk about the decisions along the way. But then it got to a penalty shootout. And again, we know our history with penalty shootouts, but that World Cup victory against Colombia seemed to have put that to bed. And then, yeah, didn't go great. Saka missed, Sancho missed, um, Rashford missed, Jorginho stepped up and that was it. I think, Sam, I remember us two looking at each other like it's game over because we know how good Jorginho was as a uh, as a penalty taker uh, historically at club level. And Pickford pulled out an unbelievable save didn't bow down to the pressure of moving early like Jorginho likes to get him to do. He, he stood his ground and he made the save and continued what had been a phenomenal tournament. Harry Maguire with England's second penalty, one of the best penalties I've ever seen right in the top bins. So it just, it just, yeah. I know ultimately they lost with that. I think it was Saka that missed the the, the, the decisive penalty. I think, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, just as a whole, what a day, what a game. And it, it just... For 98% of it, there was that hope, and it was the uh, it was the last two percent that reminded us all that it's the hope that kills you. But it's uh, yeah, how can I not go with that? What an occasion! Yeah, rightfully so, to be fair, and I think everybody, including myself, uh, was getting very excited when uh, when we were when we were a goal up. Um, but I must admit. I, I never got too excited, and I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't in the end. Um, but but there you go. So it's a valid answer all the same, and it's the closest we've got, and it's potentially the closest we'll ever get in our lifetime. So uh, we'll see about that. Aggie, Aggie, I'll wait, 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 Aggie. Have you oh. got anything to say in response to that last statement there? Euros coming up next year. It's coming home. Yeah, we just drew <laughs> one one. We just drew one one against North Macedonia, mate. Fuck off, Sam. No, you're next. I'm skipping. I'm skipping over Aggie. That's pissed me off. Sam, you're next, mate. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad you're not finished with me because I don't think man's man's the best of answers. But um, I have settled on the 2013 FA Cup final: Ooh. Wigan versus Manchester City. Uh, Eighty-six thousand in attendance. Uh, Wigan's first FA Cup final and Man City's tenth in their history. 
Uh, just <clears throat> really, really s- scrappy, sluggy game. Wigan had uh, show up shot for, for the most part, nil-nil at half-time. Uh, then Zabaleta gets sent off in the second half for a second bookable, and all of a sudden you're thinking, hang on a minute, can uh, can Wigan actually pull off an upset here? And lo and oh, behold... Whoa, 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 whoa. Cup set. Cup set, sorry. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my fault. Cup set. And, uh, and Sean Maloney in the 91st minute had a, had a corner for Wigan. And he uh, and he whipped it in, and as Kemp is doing the action, there, uh, Big Ben uh, Ben Watson comes over, towers over. Um, oh, I'm not sure who he towered over. And ended up lobbing Joe out with the header, and uh, and Wigan went on to win one 0 That time, I would imagine Martin De Michaelis, because I can't <laughs> imagine company getting towered over for that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've seen. read it. I've read it as well. Who we out jumped, and I can't remember who it was. But um, but yeah, and, and Wigan went on to win one nil that in one of the probably the biggest FA Cup final upset cup sets of all time so yeah uh, i think that would probably be a fitting one for me uh, i do love i do love an fa cup final and uh, and and wigan beating a beating a man city team that were just on the up everything were looking good for city obviously after the takeover i think they just won the premier league at that point as well and um, yeah. and then uh, wigan went and stumped them in the final i think correct me if i'm wrong wigan went and got relegated the season after as well so uh, yeah, same season. The same, i think same it was same season, season. No, no, it was same same season. season. It was a season after. I, th- I don't think it was the same. Mm, I thought it was yeah. the same. I'm not sure. Because sure. yeah, the season would the season would have finished, wouldn't it? And then and then yeah. the FA Cup it final did. played. It did. I, it I did. don't believe That's they went happened. down. I'm sure because when I went to watch Coldplay, that was at the Etihad, and we were there quite early. So we walk around the stadium. They've also got statues up of and, and different sort of in their short history where they've actually won things. Um, and I'm sure I ended up reading about that final because there's something I'm read. And again, I'm 99 percent sure. That it was Wigan got relegated the year after. No, they got relegated the same it, year with Reading in QPR. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. so eight got relegated 18th, but they won the FA Cup same season. Wow, there we go. That's yeah, even better story than I've undersold that. So yeah, for that that reason, even more, that will be my my favorite my favorite final. Oh, yeah, it's not, and, it's, and I'm glad you changed your words because you, when you originally asked us this question, you didn't say which final would you want to go back in history because that is definitely not the final no, I want to go no, back in. Yeah, no, actually. absolutely not. That's that's me just fucking on the fly, just imagining Aggie at FA Cup finals <laughs> all, all through our history of his Ivy's vest on. That's just that's all that was. So apologies for, yeah, yeah, no, for, ch- for changing the uh, changing the goalpost there. Apologies for that. Um, just, uh, on, just a quick one on 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 that if I can. Um, obviously, Roberto Martinez was the. Uh, was the manager of Wigan at the time. Um, I think he, uh, considering how much time he got for Belgium with that absolute golden generation, I think he was living off that win for a very long time, weren't he? Because uh... Dining off it. <laughs> yeah. Although he's doing pretty well now as Portugal manager. He's doing pretty well. He's made a good start. So oh, we'll see. We'll see how he gets on. I, th- I um, think he's the equivalent of Southgate, mate, to be fair. But yeah, we'll, we'll not get well, into that. I, I wouldn't say that because he's won something. Whereas that useless liar's won fuck all. Um <laughs> And, and actually, to be fair, with that FA Cup final, I do want to give myself a little bit of a shout-out because when Wigan got to the quarter-final, I actually called them winning that FA Cup at the quarter-final stage. So I was quite proud of that, and that's probably the best sporting shout I've ever had. Part it's a good Kevin shout. Keegan, See, Kevin Keegan. Yeah, it is a good shout. I must admit, I must admit, I did have a look at their, their cup run, and it's fucking die, but the big Millwall in the semi-final, so it was just it was literally a matter of beating Man City in the final. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. It, it, it was a massive thing to do. Definitely not going to take anything away, but before the final, their run was absolutely appalling. 
What's uh, yeah. what's with Millwall being unreal in FA Cup? By the way, didn't United beat him in FA Cup final, final one year? Three 0 yeah, yeah. Then they were in Europa League, weren't they? Because they got to the final. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah Dennis Wise was still. I think he was player manager for <laughs> player manager. He was, was, yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. Fucking got older anyway. and older, right face. Yeah, anyway, now we've gone for a brief history of FA Cup semi-finals, Wigan <laughs> Athletic and Millwall. Let's Enjoyed move on it. to something a little bit more dreary and talk about Aggie's choice for his final that it was his favourite. So, Aggie, Make talk to me out. about a nil-nil ball draw that ended on penalties. Yeah, oh, it's going fucking town at Wembley here all day. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we've already spoke about this. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Chesterfield <laughs> against Swindon in the Johnson's Plate oh, Trophy final off. now. <laughs> or as, as some call it... <laughs> That's fucking face. Look at his Stop. Stop. Do it so, again. This... Need to get the thumbnail this week. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want you to come fucking to me any um, last final week because the St. Johnston's no, paid my, my trophy favorite, final. My favourite that I've watched. So I'm going yeah, with the one that I've watched. Yeah, but it could have been any. It could have been any that you've watched on telly and whatever. My favourite are going to be Chesterfield. What is it? Because Man, I Sam's don't include fucking Derby. Yeah, but Skins that's not Man United or any of the other clubs that he supports. Law of Averages definitely involves one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I- Italy. <laughs> anyway, Go on, Ag, talk to me about your Johnson's yeah. pay- LDB Vans trophy final. Back Just in the, this one. Back in the 2012, it was Chessfield against Swindon. Chessfield bottom of League One at the time, Swindon top of League Two. And it was kind of storied as Paolo Di Canio's big moment at Wembley. He never won at Wembley as a player. It was meant to be, you know, they were running away with the League Two title. Di Canio was expected to have this big success story with Swindon at Wembley. West Ham uh, supporters were buying tickets to go and watch and everything. It somehow managed to attract 49,000 uh, fans overall. And we went away and won. Uh, 45 from of them were Swindon, weren't they? 45,000. Yeah. No, mate, West Ham. West Ham. Oh, so said, West Ham supporters were going to uh, cheer on Di Canio as well. But yeah, right, it was a nice uh, 2-0 win for us. There were a lot of controversy surrounding it, but we got to see, uh, and I got the front row tickets as well, so I got to sit at the front row for it. And as Skin wanted me to tell this story at the time, whilst I was at I've uni. Got, I've got front row tickets because there were about 1,300 <laughs> Chesterfield fans, so they were just giving them away. Like confetti. I, mate, I didn't even know I'd got front row seats. I'd got there with my ticket, you know, scanned it in, everything, walked through, um, asked the steward at the time, like, where am I sitting? And he pointed, like, right to the front, so I was at the yeah. front. Row A is not enough of a giveaway for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah... <laughs> I've got him. Yes, fucking got him. <laughs> um, I've lost where I was going with that. Then um, you are sure you went where you were sat. Are you sure you weren't supposed to be one at stewards? That close. <laughs> I think we had eyes on. <laughs> <laughs> He asked the steward and steward gave him clipboard. <laughs> That's right, we're front row. He's in front, in front of everyone. <laughs> Oh fuck it! Oh fuck! Oh, crying! 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 Oh, oh, I'm a big fan of that. I can't Amazing. remember where I was going with it, but yeah, we, we got a two 0 win. We lifted the trophy. We won. We got relegated the same season, but we managed to win, and we upset the Canio, of course, which is always good. Well, well mate, uh, you beat a team you below. You beat a team at division below you. Well done, mate. Well done. He's thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> it's that vibe, isn't it? It's that vibe. Yeah. It is. It certainly is. But anyway, it won't be that vibe with anybody else. But Aggie, true to form, coming up That's with an why interesting, he's there, isn't he? interesting answer. Interesting answer. Let's go. I'm feeling. I'm feeling kind. Um, my answer to this one is is an answer that um, it's maybe a little bit of recency bias. But do you know what? 
it, it certainly was one of my favourite finals of all time. And it was the final between Argentina and France at this last year's World Cup in 2022. Um there was a little bit of unknown going into the World Cup. I think everybody thought Winter World Cup. I'm not quite sure about that. But then when you sat at home and there's a game on at two o'clock in the afternoon, things started changing a little bit. And you thought, hmm, I like this. This is not too bad. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. It's all right. So, yeah, um, I think uh, it, it was it was a very, very good time for me. I just started a new job. It was all positive. Um, I was watching the games and, and I was really enjoying it. Um, and it then ended with a crescendo, as it were, uh, with Argentina versus France in the final. It was a an absolutely mental game. I don't know if you'll agree with me, boys, but it was an absolute crazy game. It looked at one point to all the world that Argentina was going to run away with it. And then Kylian Mbappe scored, I think, two goals in about five minutes, I think, at, at one point um, and brought France right back into it. 3-3 after extra time. And then Argentina won 4-2 on a penalty shootout, crowning Lionel Messi, the man of the match, um, and and cementing his legacy as the greatest footballer of all time. But yeah, a, a, an excellent game. Um, again, before the before the match, before the tournament, I think a lot of people didn't know what to expect. But I think it was a resounding success. Um, and I think that final, what an advertisement for football, what drama. Um, and and like I say, finally got to tip the cap and uh, and and pay homage and farewell to Lionel Messi on the on the world stage. So. Yeah, that's my uh, my favourite final of all time. Unbelievable it, final! Yeah, it has, it has to go down as the greatest final of all time. Surely, like the the stakes, the you know, not it's a World Cup final. Messi's probably last major international tournament against Mbappe, who's you know kind of there to potentially take the crown. It and then the game that it turned out to be Argentina looking comfortable for about two thirds of it, and then out of nowhere, it just as you say, Kemp exploded. And I think it also included the greatest save of, of all time, Emelino uh, Martinez. Martinez. Yeah, what, 120, 124 minutes into a 123-minute yeah. game? Oh, the Just, score's at 3-3. Three, three. The score's yeah. at 3-3. Three, three. Jesus, crazy. And yeah, Messi getting a brace, Mbappe getting a hat-trick, scoring his penalty. Yeah, it, 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 it did really feel as though it was a not just an unbelievable final, but a bit of a passing of the torch as well. You know, because even though Mbappe didn't win the game, I mean, Jesus Christ, he did his best, didn't he? Bless him. <laughs> yeah, Patrick in a World Cup final, you can't do much more than that. But yeah, great answer. And I think if they would, if the discussion was what's the greatest football match of all time, I think anyone would be hard pressed to argue against that being the answer. So uh, a very, very valid uh, pick for favourite. Um, last, but I was just going to show there, lads. I'm not going to lie; I completely forgot. We've still got one more question to go. But uh, Aggie, I think this is the first time you're last in too. Certainly on the, mm. on on, a, on an episode I've hosted. So uh, closes off on episode yeah. 78, mate. What's your question for this week? I think it is. Uh, my question is: In our lifetime, who is the greatest player to have never won an international tournament? And Skin, I'll start with you. I'm going to keep this short and sweet, lads. Um, I thought about Ryan Giggs first of all. I thought about maybe Gareth Bale as well, considering his success at, uh, at club level. But then I thought, it's got to be an England player, hasn't it? In our lifetime, as Aggie said, never won an international tournament. It's got to be one of them. And, and I have to go with Wayne Rooney. He was my answer a couple of weeks ago for greatest Premier League player of all time. Uh, for those of you that are listening on Spotify and aren't watching us, Kemp has just left the room and potentially the call and potentially uh, loaded sport as a whole. But he's back and smiling, so that's all good. But yeah, of 
ultimately, I had to go for an England player, and and ultimately, I had to go for who I think is the greatest England player of our lifetime, and that's Wayne Rooney. Burst onto the scene as a as a young teenager, as we know, went to was it Euro two thousand and four, eighteen years old, and and was playing very very well. Scored a brace against Croatia, uh, got sent off in World Cup twenty uh, sorry two thousand and six. We didn't make the Euros, and then we kind of didn't really do too well in the early to mid two thousands and tens, and then he was gone by the time uh, your uh, World Cup twenty sixteen came. Oh, sorry, Euro twenty. World Cup 2018 come around. There we go. Um, obviously, after we got knocked out in embarrassment in the round of 16 to Iceland in Euro 2016, that was his last major international tournament. So, yeah, for me, the best player to have never won uh, an international tournament is uh, Wayne Rooney. Nice. I'm glad, so, I, I'm glad I was. I'm glad I was muted then, by the way, because I, I, I was very, very bitter about that Iceland performance and, uh, yeah. and Wayne Rooney there. So I'm glad I was on mute and we can move forward. Aggie? Uh, yeah, Sam, we'll go to you next. Oh, uh, yeah. So, same as Dawson, uh, short and sweet, um, from England's golden generation to Belgium's golden generation, racial. Um, Teaser on- serpent. <laughs> I'm just going to lead a lead a wrist of his honours. <laughs> I've, I've completely butchered. I don't know. I can't think I'd say it. Lead a read, wrist. Read, read a, a list. wrist of his honours. Yeah, that's the one. Read a list of, of honours. So one Belgian Pro League, one Belgian Cup, one Belgian Super Cup, DFB Pokal, D. FL Super Cup, five Premier League titles, two FA Cups, five. EFL Cups, one Community Shield, which I found really odd, City only one Community Shield, and one Champions League, which he was chasing. Of course, it is the Belgian Kevin De Bruyne, one of the most gifted centre midfielders of all time, I'd probably say. Um, definitely one of the probably top five centre midfielders in the Premier League we've ever seen. Um, and obviously, he's playing for a Belgium side, as we mentioned a couple of minutes ago, that was managed a lot of that by... Um, Roberto Martinez and uh, their golden generation was wasted and, and he was a large part of that. He's getting older, getting a bit on, on a bit now. Um, but yeah, just to say he's, uh, he's never won an international tournament. They're very on similar lines between, I think, Belgium's golden generation and England's. Just yeah. massive, massively wasted potential. Um, and yeah, so Kevin De Bruyne for me, after all he's done in in his um, domestic career, I, I can't see him doing it now with Belgium. I can't see him winning a, a European or, or definitely not a World Cup anytime soon. So yeah, I think his, his window's probably closed for that. Uh, but now I've said that, of course, they're probably going to go on to win the Euros. So, uh, lump, lump on Congratulations heavily. to Belgium fans all over the world. Them now. You've, won the, you've won the World Cup. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you've won every tournament for the next 20 years. Well done. Uh, I think that's a solid shout. I think that's a great shout, yeah. Uh, Kemp, we'll come across to you next. I feel like I, I feel like my answer is best here, boys. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like my answer might be best. Because I've gone with a Ballon d'Or winner. I don't think you two have gone with the Ballon d'Or winner just yet. And it's the two, year 2000 Ballon d'Or winner, the turn of the millennium. And it is the one, the only, it is Luis Felipe Madeira Cairo Figo. Uh, one of the greatest players I think of all time. I, I might be wrong in that, but I just look at, I, I watch Figo's highlights on YouTube and, and whatever it might be. And even remembering playing for Real Madrid, Back in the day, I was a little bit too young to remember him playing for Barcelona in the most controversial transfer of all time. Highly recommend that. 
highly recommend, <laughs> recommend that documentary on Netflix, by the way, if you've not seen it. The Figo one came out not so long ago. If you've not seen it, I highly recommend it about the transfer between Barcelona and Real Madrid. But yeah, I mean, Sam, you just mentioned it there. You've listed, reeled off some Kevin De Bruyne honours. Um, I don't think I need to do that because, Aggie, you're the one that's asked the question. You're the arbiter of who's, who's answered the question correctly. And in 1989... While Luis Figo was playing for Portugal's under-17 team, they won the FIFA under-20 World Cup. So surely I've won because that's how you run Ooh, things. Is that an international tournament now? International tournament, isn't it? I think you've just shot yourself in full. <laughs> international tournament. A FIFA under-20 World Cup. Are you yeah. Yeah. Red I flag. Mean, he won an international that, tournament. That is. Oh a, my that god! Is are, a, are we having a laugh? He's right. in the 20s. Right. What's going but, on? right, forget about that. But is that not a tournament at international level? By the very definition of it. Am, am I going to get done on the technicality? Uh, you are getting done here on a, the technicality. Mess about it. You brought the fucker up as well. I thought I'd be kind of bringing it up. I thought I'd be kind of bringing it up, but I've been done by it. You know what? I don't care. I'm breaking the rules. I'm breaking all the rules and I'm sticking with Luis Figo. And um, he got very close to winning a proper. Uh, international tournament with Portugal in 2004. Unfortunately, it was usurped by Greece. So, mm. fair play, Luis Figo, unfortunate there. But let me just just reel off his honours. Um, twice La Liga winners with Barcelona, twice La Liga winner with Real Madrid, Copa del Rey wins, Champions League wins, Cup winners, Cup wins, Serie A, Serie A uh, winner uh, four times at Inter Milan. Um, and the list goes on and on and on. He did win some youth championships again. I'm not quite sure on whether you're going to let me get away with that. Aggie is the arbiter of all knowledge. And like I say, under 15 level is the most important thing to Aggie. So probably not. But again, Ballon d'Or winner as well, which is why my answer was Luis Figo. But it looks like I've been disqualified. So what can you do? Yeah, until you said that, to be fair, I thought that was quite quite a good shout. I've gone very different with this and I don't know if... Uh... Kemp, Sam, you'll, you'll let me have it. When I searched and I did Gareth a bit Barry. Of research on this. <laughs> <laughs> the most boring. James Milner or someone like that. <laughs> um, it surprised me that uh, this bloke had actually never won an international tournament. I'm going with Claude Makaleli. Um Considering the fact that the best he got was in 2006, he finished his runner-up with France. Um, I think as a defensive-minded person myself, I always look at players as defensive duties. And I think throughout his career, when he was at Madrid, when he was at PSG, and of course his, his long span at Chelsea, I think for me, Makaleli was just a standout performer. And it amazes me that he hasn't won an international tournament, considering the fact that in 98 and 2000, when France went back-to-back on international wins, he wasn't called up, he wasn't a part of the squad. The best and only chance that he had was in 2006, when they lost in the final on penalties, I think it was to Italy. In the end, it was uh, Zidane's swan song, <sighs> weren't it? Yeah, when he had butted... Um, Matarazzi, I want to say. Correct. I think so. But yeah, for me, um, son of a hole. I think, I don't know if uh, Kemp, Sam, you <laughs> guys think he's uh, that good at all, but Skin, I know you're a, a big admirer. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Club, I mean, there's a reason they've named a literal role on the football pitch after him, because he was an absolute Rolls Royce of a bloke. And to be fair, Aggie, I thought you were going to say Francis Jeffers. So you've, you've exceeded <laughs> my expectations on who you, who you said. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, with Makaleli then is my answer. Yeah, it's a good shout, to be fair. It's a good answer. Um, Aggie, there, you you were just about to say that, you know, I'm a big fan of him. I don't think I've ever said Claude McAuley's (laughs) name out loud until just then. That's a load of bollocks. All right. That's a load of rubbish. You say it all the time when we're playing clubbies. Do I? Tell me, give me one one quote where I've said his name. 
every time you go into a tackle? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think he has. You said Makaleli before. You said Makaleli <laughs> plenty of times. Contra- how much is controversy going off in this answer? You've got yeah. me answering Figo when he's won at under-20 level. <laughs> You've got Aggie saying to Makaleli for Dawson and putting words in his mouth. I think, fucking hell, I think we need to wrap it up, boys. It's getting tasty. Yeah, yeah it's, we're well, scrapping no, that's, that's, a, that's the best time to keep going, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, I know, but it's a PG-rated product. You know, we don't want to be, <laughs> we don't want to be getting too sexually aggressive, do we? I on, hope it's not. I was talking about getting cocky, Dan, but it fucking kisses. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking not, because we've got explicit logo on Spotify. When I upload to YouTube, I have to point out that it's not made for kids, so it's definitely not. Say what you want, lads. And to, nice. to be fair, after we watched that YouTube video, that geezer getting his arsehole that three seconds in. <laughs> I'll say what I'm wrong, because it's still up there. It's got about 50 million views. So maybe we're missing the trip by not actually getting our fucking tally whackers out. Maybe one day. Like, maybe one day we'll see. We'll save it for I'm not sure. I'm not sure Aggie's camera's got a wide enough scope. <laughs> no, it'll, it'll have to wheel back first and then do it. But uh, we'll close episode 100 off with that one, I reckon, to celebrate. But anyway, lads, that is episode 78. Start prepping your questions for episode 79 next week. And before we get stuck into the usual weekend plans, I do just want to circle back to something that Sam mentioned earlier. Uh, or sorry, Aggie mentioned earlier, should I say, about he's got a couple of days off after tomorrow um, and he's going to be spending the majority of it watching the uh, the Thanksgiving football We've got three games on Thursday um, and we've got a big first time ever Black Friday game as the the New York Jets face the uh, Miami Dolphins at Friday, 8pm. But the reason I bring that back up is I just want to have a bit of sprinkle of some NFL discussion and more importantly predictions for this weekend because Sam, you are kicking off this week and the Thanksgiving football with a 5.30 start as the Packers go to the Lions in what should be a great divisional game. Aggie, you are closing off that Thanksgiving football with another big divisional game as the uh, Seattle Seahawks host the San Francisco 49ers. And then Kemp, 6 o'clock Sunday, mate. It's Patriots versus Giants. So uh, let's get some predictions for our games this upcoming weekend. I'll start off. And I think the Giants are going to win, mate, because the Patriots are shit. And I've, if, if, I'm going to put this out to you now, lads, if the Giants do win, my question next week will be, what the fuck is going on? with the New England Patriots. So just bookmark that just in case. That is genuine. If Giants win, that is my question next week. And I'd like to discuss how the fuck we've gone from what they were to a 3-9 and nine team that they will be. Oh, sorry, a 2-9 and nine team they will be, even worse, if the Giants win this weekend. So that's my question ready, should the Giants win. So I'm going and to my question Giants. will be after that, just straight after your question there, you don't even need the wheel, is Tommy DeVito the greatest quarterback of all time? <laughs> that would be my question. Thinking after DG. DJ. DJ, she's always slinging and blast this. There's a good job at it as well. But anyway, I'm going Giants by a touchdown. Kemp, what about you, mate? Yeah, Giants by a touchdown. I think is a good shout. To be fair, um, I think I think we look revitalised under Tommy DeVito in the last game. To be fair, uh, and like you say, the Patriots are an absolute fucking shower of shit. So I honestly do think. You know, I'm I'm completely with Sam. What Sam said earlier about the Packers resonates with me so much in that we've got we're fucked, we're out of it, we're three and eight, we're we're not getting anywhere near, especially in the division that we're in. But I'm actually enjoying watching Tommy DeVito play without that pressure. You know, he's he's the he's the quarterback now. We're gonna be riding with him until the end of the season unless something drastic happens. So I'm enjoying watching him play, looking forward to seeing what he's got for us. And the performance against the commanders last weekend was uh, was commanded, I would say, from Tommy DeVito. So Ooh. there you go. So yeah, I'm going Giants by a touchdown as well. And uh, and hopefully we can we can get one over on the Patriots because that's always nice. 
I'm sure. Well, I'm sure his mum will prep him a lovely dinner should he uh, come home with a what a woman, Patriots. what a woman, what a woman. Great woman, Aggie. Like I said, you've got Thursday, Friday booked off. You're going to be spending the majority of Friday sleeping after staying up all night to watch the Seattle Seahawks against the San Francisco 49ers. What's your prediction? You've done this well, fucking skew, which you may as well started with me, haven't you? And worked, done well, it in order. We're, we're working back, mate. We're working back, <laughs> fucking baby. crazy boy. <laughs> Um, I think we're going to get absolutely hammered. I think based upon what we saw um, against the Rams, we we had a decent lead and we just blew it. We're not good enough to be competing with the top sides in the NFC, let alone even thinking about anything like a Super Bowl. So I think maybe two or three touchdowns in favours of the 49ers. You know, I think we're so far away from it. The fact that Lockett's been questionable every week so far this season, only just made it for last weekend's game. Walker's currently not even practising. We, we're we starting to get a bit depleted. Smith left halfway through the game and then Lock drew, uh, threw an interception right towards the end that, that turned out to cost us. Even without Cooper Cup, they were kind of carrying the game for against us. So against San Francisco, it's, it's just going to be an absolute maul and it's a good job it's on after the watershed. It is. And Sam kicking off this week, as I said, Packers against Lions. Packers coming off of a a, a good win, I think you, you could say it, what you mentioned at the start, facing one of the informed teams who came from behind to beat the Chicago Bears last weekend. Lions love playing at home. Have you got a chance this weekend? No, I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not. I don't think I've ever written us off this firmly against a Lions team before, but um, no, I can't see that any way I will win this one. Uh, we've already played them once this year and uh, the first half was just atrocious. First half was so bad. I think it was like fucking 24-3 at half-time or something like that. And we made a little bit of a push in second half, but it was never really close. Um, I just think they're far too strong and we're far too inexperienced to, uh, to really bother them at the minute. So, no, I'm not I'm not expecting anything. So I'm going to go in it. Definitely going to watch it. I've got no expectation and, uh, and who knows, but I think I do really know. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Lions at home are a different beast. And my bold prediction for them to make at least the uh, NFC Championship game is looking half okay. Although the Niners and the Eagles, I'm sure we'll have something to say about that. But we'll see. We're almost there, lads. It's uh, We're on the back straight of the regular season already, aren't we? That's how quick it comes and goes. But this is where it really starts heating up now. And I can't wait for playoff season. But lads, episode 78 is done. And Sam, I'll circle back round. I'll start with you for this one. What's your plans for the weekend? Uh, well, we've got five aside on Wednesday. Peek behind the curtain. If you oh, like yeah, it's silly, isn't it? Oh, like, I'm, I genuinely thought it was Thursday. Oh, mate. Oh, no. Yeah. Recording on, recording on Tuesday this week, which is just making the week feel twice as long as it normally is. Uh, so I've got five aside tomorrow. I'm looking forward to probably mixed in with swimming Thursday. Now that Thursday's freed up, so I've got a bit more time to do that Thursday. Uh, Saturday will be swimming as well and I don't think I've got anything planned other than, uh, as I say, Thanksgiving Thursday as well. I'll be watching uh, watching the Packers from half five. That's fair. You mentioned uh, last week in the weekend plans you were going to it. There was a fair at by Kemp. For anyone that's listening, Kemp's just jumped out. Um, you, you were going to Morton for a Christmas fair or, or market fair or something, did you go? Yeah, yeah, I went to that. Um, uh, Katie's mum and dad uh, got uh, got a stall. Yeah, he makes like little woodwork things, and um, and they left us with the stall for about two hour. And uh, did they <laughs> working? Yeah, I ended up getting my sales head on, didn't I? Yeah. So, so there ain't uh, just ain't fucking banter with old people walking past. Like, Katie were absolutely loving it. She were like, oh, fucking hell, yeah. you're quite good at this. I'm like, well, I've got a bit of sort of my Yeah, so I got my sales head on Saturday night and, uh, yeah, took over 100 quid, to be fair. Most uh, most successful um, store that they've had so far. 
did you like really patronizingly give uh, dad the money and say like that's, <laughs> that, that's how you do it type thing just winked at him isn't it yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> scruffed his hair up, like that. <laughs> scruffed my own hair there we go Aggie have you got any uh, have you got any flash goal commitments this weekend or is it a pretty chilled one for you I've got two mate first time I'm going back to back on nice. the same day and my Ooh. first prime time game as well um, Ooh, I've got go. first of all Sheffield United against Bournemouth at three o'clock and then I've got Brentford against Arsenal at half past five. Big. Which is a, uh, a game I'm very much looking forward to. So it's like the calm before the storm, I think. Two sides that are struggling against relegation to one that's trying to keep up with City and one that's trying to get close to uh, European football. So that should be a good thing for Saturday. Um, Sunday, of course, in preparation for Red Zone, me and Jack have started going out and throwing the ball a little bit more, get myself ready for Super Bowl Sunday. And the one time year we get to play um, American football. Of course, I got injured a couple of weeks ago, so I'm going to be taking things very steady. However, Mudge has kindly bought me some uh, some gloves, which you might be able to see them, ready for uh, when we go to Super Bowl Sunday. So... Like, fuck for I'm that. I'm sick of them fucking fingerless gloves. I, I didn't even go, but them How fingerless... did you know? Of course I fucking knew. Them fingerless gloves. You can't, it's like the exact opposite point of what you're supposed no, no, to be no, wearing. No, no, no. I'm not saying, like, how did you know they're not going to be any good, but how did you know that's the ones they used if you never go? Because they fucking sp- they used to rip, rip fuck out on you that, uh, that game day chat what I, what I recently left. The, I've been going to play uh, American football on these Super Bowl Sundays for three years now, and each time I've got a minimum of three touchdowns, so I'll take it. Yeah, we play for about seven hours, mate. So <laughs> well, we don't. We play for two, and you just stand there for about an hour and a half of it, just going. And tap, mate, in your head every time. But yeah, that's my plan for the weekend. Hopefully, money holds up. But if it doesn't, I'll be able to sit, chill, and watch uh, the the uh, the uh, NFL on Red Zone without worrying about the Seahawks. That's fair, mate. Why don't you fill Sam in on the? You mentioned Mudge sending you some gloves. Why don't you tell them the full story of uh, how they please, turned up? Please say they went in involved in a trade. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, they were a, uh, a a birthday present for about a year and a half ago that he seemed to have misplaced. So he's bought me some and said uh, Merry Christmas for them. And the name that he put on the package is Adam Can't Catch a Ball Marsden. Um, <laughs> the, big fan, the big package, fan of that. So, yeah. It is. I was just dragging it out a little bit there just in case Kemp turned nah, back up so we can ask him about this weekend. But uh, he's, he's not coming, is he? So we'll leave it there. Uh, but lads... Good to be back. Good to see you. And uh, we'll be back next week. Get prepping those questions. And remember... Wait, what are you doing? You what? What are you doing at weekend? Um, Nothing. I want to get it in because I know you can fucking moan like shit if I don't ask no, you. I was going to cry all night, mate. I was ready for it. That's why I was trying to wrap it up quick. Um, I don't actually think I'm doing... Oh, no. Um, We're going to watch Anne-Marie at uh, Birmingham oh, okay. Arena. She's, uh, she's a big, big fan. So got tickets, yeah. in, the- got tickets in the box. Um, so yeah, we'll be going to Birmingham. I don't know early mid afternoon on Saturday. Get some food and then uh, go and watch that. I know about two of the songs, so I, I think I'm going to have to do like a bit of a lesson between now and Saturday and 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 learn up on some lyrics. But should be good. I think she's pretty decent. Like I said, DG absolutely loves her, so should be a, a decent night. Ciao, adios. We're done. Yes. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>